0: Stephanie Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. This week we are live at the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Rexburg along with Dane Filling, and tonight our special guest will be Eric Myers when we get to that section. But uh, our show has ran in four sessions. We have the um, weigh ins, the first period, second period, third period, and overtime. And uh, Dane, what you got in store for us this evening?
1: Well, we are uh, back at the Double Eagle, and we'll be here the next five weeks, all the way through the end of the. Uh State tournament series, and we'll be back on uh, Tuesday after the state tournament to wrap up all of the uh, action at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. We'll have our trivia question here in a few minutes, and we'll talk a little bit about what goes on the week leading into sectional, and then we'll discuss last week's action the big match between Carroll and Belmont, along with the ACAC tournament and the NE8 tournament, and then we'll talk with our special guest, Eric Myers. We'll talk about his career and um, some things about Jay County hosting sectional and regional and then Jay County's Outlook on Saturday. And then on third period, we'll take a look at the Jay County sectional and then take a look forward into regional, semi-state, and into the future. And then in overtime, we'll put you on the spot, Rex, for some winners for sectional.
0: A little clarification tonight. This is episode number seven. I know we advertised it as seven last week only because indianamatt.com when they uploaded it they classified it as episode seven i kept thinking we've only done six shows so it was labeled seven on the podcast but it was actually only episode number six so this is truly week uh week number seven of our new
2: show
1: and we are joined in uh at our table i guess not our booth but our table by aj calvin he has a message about cross creek
2: thanks Dane. Cross Creek Golf Club, located on US 224, below the W Restaurant in Decatur, is your destination for family fun this spring. Play Cross Creek's 27 holes. It's got an Executive 9 and a Championship 18. The Pro Shop is now open from noon until 5 on Tuesday through Thursday. Call Dennis at 724-4316 or stop in to purchase a membership. There are many options are available. Join the league. Get your kids started playing golf in Cross Creek's Junior Camp. Check out the discounted 10 play passes now on sale. It's all happening at Cross Creek Golf Club here in Decatur. When you need auto parts, and you need them right now, you think O'Reilly Auto Parts on South 13th Street in Decatur across from Kroger's. O'Reilly has parts for your car, your truck, van, farm, and heavy-duty equipment. Unsure of what you need? Talk with O'Reilly's parts professional, Eddie Morrison. He'll steer you straight. O'Reilly's service is second to none, with six delivery drivers and five distribution centers to draw from. The right parts at the right price at O'Reilly's Auto Parts Indicator.
0: Thank you very much, AJ, and uh, we always look forward to those live spots, and I uh, would like to thank all of our sponsors that uh, helped bring this uh, weekly show to us every uh, Tuesday night here, and this week we're at the Double Eagle uh, at Cross Creek and uh, Dane and I, before the show, partake, partook in our, uh, the weekly special and it was uh, quite wonderful this week.
1: The beef enchiladas tasted awfully good, Rex. <laughs> so Rex, we have our trivia question tonight and uh, get your phones out. You're going to call uh, 589-9300 with your answer and our question tonight revolves around Jay County as we have Coach Myers here with us tonight. And uh, he's had the privilege of coaching Mason Winner, who's on the verge of becoming Jay County's all-time wins leader this weekend. And uh, our question tonight is, Mason Winner of Jay County currently has 158 career wins and will become the school's all-time wins leader if he wins sectional on Saturday. We want to know who is the current leader, for the next five days at least, in wins for Jay County Wrestling.
0: And uh, of those people who have been around for a while... very memorable. Shouldn't be that hard of a question. So uh, do we have a prize for the week?
1: We do. We have Indiana Matt gear for the winner, and uh, we can get that to the winner on Saturday at Section.
0: So with that, uh, anyone who knows the answer to that question, call Steve Rouse running aboard for us. And the uh, phone number, once again, 589-9300. And uh, that is who is currently the all-time winning leader, uh, wins leader for Jay County High School. So now... Um, with that, I think we're going to send it back to the – are you are going to focus on this uh, sectional this week, talk a little bit and weigh-in section on sectional?
1: Well, we're joined here by Coach Myers now, and uh, I thought we'd just talk a little bit about what, what happens. So uh, for every week of the season so far, you've got a match. Right? You have uh, something that you're preparing for. You've had your wrestle-offs scheduled. But now the rosters are in, the seeds are met, the brackets are made. It's a different kind of week. Um, heading into that sectional tournament. And uh, just wanted your thoughts, Rex, and uh, Coach Meyer's thoughts on on how does the focus change? Is there anything that's different with with weight management, with preparation, just in practice leading up? I know I've been uh, going to some swim meets the last couple weeks, and all the coaches talk about, as they get ready for swim sectional, practice you know tapers off they don't they don't do as many yards as they do throughout the season and they slow it down is that the way it is in wrestling or is it
0: different i know uh, most coaches like track coach and stuff you know the haze in the barn if it's if it's in there don't break it let it go let it run you just kind of sharpen the edges of the fine tools that the kids have um you don't want to hurt somebody in practice you want, i mean injuries are huge right now you want your kids going in as as healthy as possible last week we talked about Carroll high school not being in a, a conference so last week when everybody else were had a chance to get hurt at their conference tournament carol's sitting back there kind of resting and uh, licking their wounds and uh, feeling like they can go into sectional strong kind of much you feel eric a little bit um you know, I think there's kind of a fine line between um,
3: it, between letting up too much on your guys and pushing them too hard the week before sectional. And I played around with that a little bit. You know, if you, if you go a little bit too easy on your guys, they, they look a little bit stale whenever you get to that sectional. Um, so you kind of have to walk that line between pushing them and then letting up a little bit on them. So we, we try and maintain a, a pretty good intensity, but – not for as long in practice. So we shorten our practices up just a little bit.
1: And it's a long day on that first that first sectional day. You get into that first round, you've got some rat tail matches, and then you've got that first round match. And for most of your guys, they've got somebody that that, that they probably can beat. And then you kind of have to get ready for that semifinal round, which was really important. But for some of the guys, it's all about that consolation semi-round, trying to advance into the the round to go to regionals, um, and it, it just a little bit different setup. You know, for the conference tournament, y- you you you're focused on the team score, but you, there's no really there's no there's no uh, death round where where you get eliminated for the rest of the season. Your season's over when it comes to sectional, and that's something that's really hard to prepare for.
0: You know, your, your sectional guys, most of the guys are coming into their draw, you know who's going to win sectional. The guys are supposed to win are going to win. Uh, which one thing you want your guys to do is not to look past anybody. I mean, this, this weekend's match is a little bit easier probably than next week's. Next week's, uh, you may have a kid coming in from someplace, you could look past him thinking about semi-state, but... I mean that keeping that focus is probably tough for your room, isn't it, Coach?
3: Yeah, and uh, you know we were talking about that that death round match. Uh, some of my kids even today said, uh, you know, the semifinals. If I make it to the semifinals, I move on, right? And I, you know, I had to explain to him, no, you drop down into a wrestleback match, you have to win that match to go on. And you know, for a kid that really wants to win a sectional or be in those finals, uh, they've got to regroup pretty quickly right away to make sure that they, they stay alive and they move on.
0: That's when you have those kids that separates the wheat from the chaff. It's like, okay, what kid's going to roll over and go home? or What kid's going to fight for his life? Because a lot of times you'll see that third, fourth place match come back and a kid that should win doesn't win because he's just checked out. And it's a very
1: different it's a very different week. Sectional is from regional and semi-state. A very, you know, if you're a 106 pounder at regional at 9:01 a.m., you're pinned and your your season's over. You wrestled for 1 minute. Same thing at semi-state. You wrestle that first round, that second round, you're eliminated, but at sectional, you've got that opportunity to come back after one loss. Um, but the opposite is true, like Eric said. You win that first match, and you think you're golden. All of a sudden, then you lose in the semifinals, and you've got to come back, and you've got a match against a kid who's already lost once, has already won again, and has some confidence going forward.
0: Well, that's a good topic, Dane, but uh, the scales are closed. The weigh-ins are over, and we're going to move on
4: to a commercial break here, and we're going to come back with the first period right after this. Independently owned and operated, Haggard, Sefton, Hershey, and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. You'll find a full
5: range of orthopedic care close to home at Adams Memorial Hospital with Dr. David Coates and P.A. Aaron Whitman demonstrating superior results relative to patient safety and experience. Dr. Coates and his team offer a full range of orthopedic procedures and treatment options for adults and pediatric patients with outstanding outcomes and low complication and infection rates. An individualized patient-centered care results in high patient satisfaction. Call 728-3900 to schedule. Adams Memorial. Experience ortho excellence.
2: Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. Give them a call today at 273-5068 or at 824-3021. That's 273-5068 or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation.
6: When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the
0: best. Paul Baker Drywall. Welcome back to Haggard, Septon Hershey's Ale, High School Wrestling Weekly. Hosted by Double Eagle at Cross Creek. Live from Double Creek, uh, Double Eagle Clubhouse and Grill. Rex, Burlong with Dane Filling. And uh, we're into the first period uh, Dane, and uh, a lot of things to talk about here in this first period, kind of some recaps, but it was a great week of wrestling.
1: It was, and Belmont had a really nice duel on Tuesday up at Carroll. You know you and I and AJ and uh, all the Belmont faithful were up there. And uh, I don't know, I guess going into the match, I was confident but not overly confident. I really thought Belmont had a chance to win. As I look back on it, I think we might have lucked out in a couple of spots. But, uh, you know, we took the opportunity when it was there uh, we get a 37-35 to 35 victory, and uh, it was awfully satisfying to walk out of that gym, finishing the year 20-0, and, and and feeling like we would really taken part in, in something special. Well, I know
0: one thing for sure, that the next time we go and broadcast from Carroll, we're taking extension cord, we're going to put power, we're going to go on a visiting side of the stands, because that home crowd is not fun to sit in the middle of. And, I mean, they were coming unglued a couple of times. I mean, there was a match, I think, Carter Seifring might have been pinned, couldn't get in the right position, they were throwing a fit, and he comes out. Well, that was
1: after he threw a few left hooks from uh, left field. But uh, in that match, 37-35 Belmont wins. Final dual mean of the season in the county. Uh, it started off with Reeve Muncy. He is a large human being, Rex. He,
0: he was standing uh, in front of me, and I couldn't see the mat around him. I mean, and the-, and,
1: and the funny thing is, I don't feel like he's gotten any bigger since he was in eighth grade, but yet he just seems so imposing and uh, I really look for him to have a good postseason and somebody who I think is going to end up on the medal stand at heavyweight down at Bankers League.
0: I agree with that totally.
1: Isaac Rubel comes back and gets a pin. Uh, Carson Everett scores a late point to save just the decision points at 113. Um, uh, we had a sub at 120. Isaiah Smedley goes in and gets pinned by uh, Carol's. Um, Young man from uh, Michigan that Joe talked about uh, last week who was recently eligible. And then Belmont gets wins from Dobie Litchfield, Calvin Farote, Kyle Lawson gets a first period pin. And then we got kind of the marque- one of the marquee matchups of the, of the duel Garrett Manley and Evan Ulrich. Ulrich is ranked second in the semi state at 145. He's up on Manley. I can't remember exactly what the score was 8 2, 9 2, 10 2. And then all of a sudden Manley gets a fall. And I got some great pictures from where I was sitting of the of the Belmont bench, and and, and what a moment.
0: And, and that's Manley's, uh, you know, M.O. He's going to catch you. Uh, he did it Saturday in uh, the conference tournament. for He was getting beat in a third-place match and caught a kid for the fall. And, I mean, those are the kind of things that he's dangerous because he's got that funk. He wrestles the funk. He's kind of outside the norm, and he's going to be in an awkward position. He's going to catch you.
1: And as we get into the sectional seating, we were looking – I know Eric and I were talking last week. Man, 145 just looks stacked and it looks stacked. And Manley was looking at the sixth seed (laughs) in that tournament. And I kept thinking, man, if I am the three seed, I I do not want to draw Garrett Manley in that very first match of the day. Turns out a couple of Uh 45-pounders decided it would be best for them to go 152.
0: They broke camp and went north.
1: And the the thing's kind of evened out. So now Manley ends up at the four seed. And I think you're going to have a really strong shot. At uh, the J County sectional, going four and zero on that first round at, at 145 at the J County regional.
0: You know, and then Scotty Saylor, probably you know, arguably one of their best wrestlers, comes in and uh, takes Malry out and fall. And uh, uh, Isaac Freet with a with a really good match uh, at 160 as well.
1: Yeah, He went 16-4, and then like we said, the match between between Seifring and Schiller. If <laughs> ends up getting beat ten-two, but he came off his back. And I don't know if Tyrone wasn't quite in the right position there, but it looked like he might have been stuck.
0: No, uh, he was and, stuck. <laughs> just a clarification: he
1: and was he, stuck. He lost a point with a couple of, like we said, a couple of. of uh, oh, AJ says he wasn't stuck. He could see it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's how you can tell he wasn't pinned because he didn't slap AJ, him. At AJ him. hasn't had that cataract surgery surgery yet, but he had uh, his
1: binoculars. Oh, he, oh, he did happen at uh, 182 pounds. in and Caden Freak gets a f- first minute pin. And then it came down to Belmont was up 12 points with two matches left. There was some scrambling in the scorebook, uh, some trying to remember exactly what did the uh, criteria change to this year. And Eric uh, will have a story here later on about the criteria changing and how that cost Jay County this year. But uh, Henry Kukulhan does what he's done all year. He wrestles really well. He doesn't get pinned. He loses 8 nothing. but that's all Belmont needed was to lose 8 nothing or 14 nothing really. And um, then... Carroll made a move up, and they moved their ninety-five pounder up to two twenty, and he takes out Mason Murphy. But at that point, Belmont had already won, and a twenty and 0 dual season, a lot of close matches, a lot of fun matches to do on the radio, but just a really big accomplishment.
0: You know, we've went up there years in the past and come out licking our wounds because we come up and got hammered. I mean, and to go up there and compete with those guys is one thing, but come over with a narrow one point victory or two point victory in a close match that's that's huge.
1: And, uh, you know, doing the team rankings for Indiana, Matt, Carroll's right there. They were, they have been all year with the teams ranked 18th, 19th, and 20th. After Belmont won 2A Team State, uh, I put them at number 17. I put Carroll at 20. And I think that's right where, I, I think Belmont this year, beyond expectations at the beginning of the year, I think that's right about where they, where they belong, somewhere between 15 and 20. Uh, and that's quite an accomplishment looking at what has happened on the, uh, on the state. Uh, level the last four or five years. So Friday night then, Rex, uh, we had the ACAC tournament, and I know Eric and I have talked a lot about how much we used to enjoy the ACAC tournament on a Friday night, and then coming to the NHC tournament on a Saturday, and they moved that tournament back now. Last year's got moved back because of snow, correct?
3: Yes. They, both, I think incoming ice on Saturday morning. I both,
1: both conference tournaments got moved to Friday, and a great tournament. Uh, AJ and I were there most of the night, uh, Jay County wins by nine and a half points. Bluffton was right there. They went back and forth. The lead changed at least twice. I believe in the last round, um, Adam central wrestled really, really well. They had 202 points. They finished 32 points out of first, but they had no number one seeds and saw a lot of good wrestling from some of their guys. Alex Curry looked really good, uh, in beating AJ doll. Um, was was in his match with William Fichter, and uh, that Southern Wells team. You know, the more you see them, the more you're impressed with their four studs. As we get into the sectional seating, we'll talk about them a little bit more.
0: You but know, and I, I missed a number there. I, I thought maybe they'd pull it out. I, I went on a limb and thought they might win that conference. Well, tournament, but and, they just don't have enough. And horses. part of it
1: is in just like in sectional. I don't think they're a threat to win sectional this week. They have four forfeits. And, you know, even if you have those four spots filled and you filled, and you win one match each, that's 20, 25 points in most cases. And that's not something that they're going to be able to overcome. But as, you know, if you look at Belmont seating, a Belmont is in line to have somewhere around nine or ten uh, regional qualifiers on a good day. You'll go through the first round. They might be down to six, seven, eight. You don't know. Then all of a sudden – Southern Wells has five guys, Belmont has seven, all of a sudden you're comparing apples to apples instead of a full team to to half a team. So
0: you're thinking they have a better chance of winning regional than they do sectional.
1: Well, they definitely have a better chance. I don't know if they have that much of a chance, but when it comes down to semi-state, Indiana Matt just put out their power pole, and I believe Belmont was third and Southern Wells was fourth, Carroll was second and uh, Western was number one. That that Peru regional um, has gotten a lot stronger in the last few years, and it, it will be interesting to see how Western performs, um, and if they get some regional champs, which is what you need to win a semi-state, it's wide open. And, you know, even though we've switched away from the team state format, a lot of people don't pay a whole lot of attention to that team score at semi-state. But I think this is the year where a lot of people will because it's very spread out. You don't have Jimtown with their three champs. You don't have Yorktown with two state champs and six or seven state qualifiers. I would be surprised if any school in the Fort Wayne semi-state has more than four state qualifiers. And And that's going to make for one heck of a team race.
0: So uh, you and I were both at the uh, NE8, and I tell you what, Dane, it's been a long time since I've seen an NE8 conference tournament that was that close. It was interesting to watch. You know, I had track wrestling up all day long watching, and every round the lead jumped between not just between two teams multiple times, but between three and four teams multiple times. And then after the first two rounds it kind of separated themselves, and uh, Belmont uh, came to the top, but uh, they were were just barely right there as uh, Columbia City was after them the whole time.
1: And, and Belmont had a great first round. They got big wins from Calvin Furrow and Garrett Manley in the opening. Manley won by one point. Belmont was 12-0 and 0 to start the day. Then they lose at 220 in, in heavyweight, which was kind of expected. But then they get in that semifinal round, and they lose, I think, six of the 12. I'm trying to know. No, they lost eight of 12. They only had four finalists. They lose eight of 12. But of those eight guys... Six of them came back and got third. They and scored
0: they, more points coming back as third as they would have scored in second.
1: Yeah, and so they kind of got set back on the team points, but when it, when it, when it ended up, they ended up getting more pins in the in the consolation bracket, and that, that helped tremendously. Some really good performances. I mean, if you think about the season that Alec Mowry had a year ago, where I think he won maybe one dual meet match, one match at conference and maybe one other, and then he won a rat tail match that didn't count for anything at sectional. I think he only had four or five wins the whole year. He comes in and gets third at conference, and those points were huge.
0: So I look at the scoreboard clock, and it's wound down, and it's at zeros now. So the first period has ended. So we're going to send it back to the studio, Steve Rouse, running the board. We're going to play some commercials from our fine sponsors. We'll be back with the second period, and our special guest, Eric Myers, right after this.
7: Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery. Even during the winter months, we are open seven days a week, 9 to 4.30, Monday through Saturday, and 1 to 4.30 on Sundays. Stop in to see our large selection of houseplants and succulents. We have new plants and products arriving weekly, including pottery and much more. Heller Nursery is located four miles west of Decatur, off of 224. Like us on Facebook, or check us out on our website, hellernursery.com, for our tree and perennial listings. Good luck to our area wrestlers.
8: Hey Indiana high school wrestling fans, this is Jason Cree, and I'm excited to announce that the Double Eagle will be hosting this year's High School Wrestling Coaches Show live at 6.05 every Tuesday night throughout the season. The Double Eagle is proud to sponsor local sports, and we invite you to come up and experience a live radio remote. As always, we are open seven days a week to bring you great food, cold drinks, and exciting sports action. Follow us on Facebook for all of the updates and come visit us at the Double Eagle, 1730 Nutman Avenue, Indicator.
2: At Complete Printing Service, you can count on Charlie Brune and the crew to take care of all your print needs. Everything from color copies, custom-made banners and signs, wedding invitations, business cards, magnetic and yard signs, and so much more. Complete Printing is located on South 2nd Street in Decatur. Our name says it all. Complete Printing Service. Call today at 724-3722. Complete Printing is also a Decatur Sculpture Tour sponsor.
6: You don't always need an attorney, but when you do, the man to call is Brad Weber. Brad has extensive experience in most legal matters and will help you make your problems disappear. Keep this number handy, 452-7045. That's 452-7045. You just never know when you'll need the services of an experienced litigator like Brad Weber.
0: Welcome back to the Haggard-Sefton-Hershey-Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle at Cross Creek. This week we are live at the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill, and Dane, you said the next five weeks in a row we're here?
1: We are, all the way through the end of the season.
0: Glad to be back here at the Double Eagle. A little crowd has uh, come out to uh, witness our show live, and we appreciate that. Now it's time for the second period, and we start off with our special guest, Eric Myers, the uh, current head coach of the Jay County Patriots.
1: And, uh, Eric, we're going to start you off with a couple of rounds of questions. And uh, my right. first question for you is, what, uh, what brought the Myers
3: family into wrestling? Okay. That's a, that's a good story. Um, it, it started with me. I'm the oldest of uh, my, my three siblings. Well, three male siblings. And uh, I, I started it off in second grade. With the, uh, I think Coach Humble at that time um, tried to recruit every single elementary kid that that was there, and you would uh, would go through a week-long camp and then wrestle at the uh, Chili Supper at the end of it. So I I did that. I I wasn't overly serious about it in second and third grade, Um, but then uh, Coach Landis from Southern Wells, his parents asked me to go with them to a tournament um, at Wayne High School. And I went, and I had, you know, tennis shoes on and everything, and... Lost my first two matches, and uh, then the next week they took me to a tournament at uh, Huntington North, and I lost my first match, and I think that they were about ready to cut me loose. (laughs) We're not uh, bringing this kid along anymore. Yeah, so then I won my second match, I won my third match, I won my fourth match, and then uh, I think I ended up placing third at that tournament. And uh, they asked me to go the the following week, and they let me have a pair of wrestling shoes. So You can I, go,
0: but you got to wear shoes. Well, well
3: they, I think they held those back from me until <laughs> they found out if I was going to be any good or we not. We didn't want to
0: so, waste shoes on him.
3: Right, right. So uh, um, from there on, I was, I was hooked on it. And um, I, I tell my wrestlers that... My parents let me watch Crowdie Kid whenever I was young. And I I really liked the uh, tournament bracket there. So whenever I got to uh, my first wrestling tournament and saw my name on a tournament bracket, I I was in heaven. So from there on, I I was hooked. I loved it. And I I started improving, going to more tournaments. And then, you know, uh, once my parents saw that I was going to stick with it, they started getting my brothers in it. and um, They were a little bit more successful than I was. I was kind of the guinea pig. They got
0: them shoes right off the bat? They
3: did right away. (laughs) And I have to wear the tennis shoes out on the map.
1: So Eric, who was your coach at AC when you were when you were wrestling?
3: Um, my freshman year and sophomore year, the head coach was Lloyd White, and then uh, my junior and senior was Denny Swartz.
0: And you were then, a bagaba through and through. I was, I was a bag
3: at that time. And um, you know, Robert Loshi was one of our assistant coaches, um, and uh, Doug Schultz was there and, and then I, I you know, I'm starting to remember Todd Yoder being in the room here and there also and yeah, I, I had great experiences with those guys. They're great coaches.
1: So how did you transition then into, into a coaching career?
3: Um, I you know, I kind of had the urge to, to coach a little bit, and uh, I, Barry Humble got a hold of me. I started off um, going to IPFW, and uh, I, I would commute there, and then I would go to New Haven practices for the first year and a half that I was in college, and then I transferred to Ball State. Um, I I took a year off of coaching whenever well i guess that half year the following year coach landis it was his first year at southern wells and he asked me to be an assistant there so i was assistant for a year uh under coach landis actually two years the second year i student taught at southern wells and uh once i finished my student teaching and graduated from ball state um i started looking for a teaching job and the south adams job came open and I, I took that job, and that was my, my first head coaching
0: job. I think that's one thing that AJ and I have talked about on the air, that uh, Barry Humble has bred wrestling coaches. I mean, if you start down and start thinking of the guys that wrestle for Barry, there's some, there's some good wrestling coaches out there today that came out of that, that uh, program that uh, he, he's really had a knack of maybe not you know, some of the wrestlers are really good, but I think he's made better coaches than he has wrestlers.
3: And I had, I, had the ch- I never had the chance to wrestle for him, but I, I definitely had an opportunity to learn quite a bit from him in those in that year and a half of coaching.
0: With he's him. definitely a motivator.
3: Absolutely, um, he's great at getting the the most out of kids.
0: You know, we saw that when he went to South uh, Side. He built some wrestlers at South Side. He's built he built a pretty good program at New Haven. And just has has that knack of uh, building confidence in kids that are probably wrestling better than they really should be.
3: Yes, and and he kind of instills a love for wrestling in kids. It's it's admirable. It's it's fun to watch
1: and I think wrestling is one of those unique sports when it comes to networking with coaches There is that web where where people you start to wonder now? How did how did this guy get this team at this tournament and you're like? Oh, well, he he wrestled with him who? who, who set up this tournament and you have all of these connections and you see guys shaking hands and You're like, oh, I remember when those two were together at, at this school yeah, and
0: I, I think it's one of those things that uh, <clears throat> just really good area wrestling that supported it, uh, you know, the area coaches that have got those kids involved in wrestling. I went into the refereeing, and I tried to get some of those kids to go into refereeing. Uh, Brandon Razo was sitting out there. Brandon res- refereed for a few years, and Brandon was a really good referee, and he, he went back to coaching. I told him, I said, we need referees more than we need coaches.
1: <laughs> so, Eric, you started your uh, head coaching career at South Adams. I got a couple names written down here to uh – Stir up some memories, Todd Bat, L.J. Mosier, Jim West,
3: Sawyer Miller.
1: Tell us about your time at South Adams.
3: Um, I, yeah, I had the opportunity to coach a lot of lot of great wrestlers. Uh, the the first two, I was thinking about this on the the drive here. The first two years I was there, um, we didn't have a state qualifier, and um, in my third year we had two and. Josh Ayer was technically the first state qualifier that I coached, but in that same day, a higher weight class, um, Josh Mann qualified, and he ended up winning the semi-state that day. Um, and from there on, you know, it, it was kind of like once we broke through there, those kids had the confidence and and um, the ability to qualify. And uh, then we started to get some more placers and uh, build up to, you know, having having Todd Bat in the finals, and that was – one of the one of the best memories I've had, um, you know. And then, I you, you mentioned LJ Mosier there. Uh, LJ Mosier won the regional against uh, Sch- uh, Skyler Phillips. Yes, from Yorktown. Yes, uh, I believe ranked number one at the time was was a pretty neat, uh, pretty neat match and pretty great memory. And uh, yeah, Jim West, I've I've had the opportunity to coach um, a heavyweight since Jim West that's quite as, as talented or successful as him. Um, I, I was an assistant coach whenever um, at, at Jay County with Eric Helmgarden whenever he was a senior, um, and, it, you know, it,
0: he was definitely a talented kid. Uh, but Which reminds me, we have not had any callers in for our trivia question uh-huh. answers, so this would be a great time for anybody to maybe listening to the show right now to chime in and when that – pray they win that prize so absolutely um (laughs) segue a
1: little bit of a segue
3: yeah yeah i i don't know did i miss any there on on your list i don't think so oh yeah sawyer um yeah how can i forget forget sawyer uh uh just one of probably the most talented incoming freshmen that i've had the the chance to to co or i had the chance to coach at south adams um he, he just he came in you know just really solid right right away, and you know ready to compete at the top levels at the state finals as soon as he hit the mat as a freshman
1: well, and I remember all through his career and i 'm trying to remember you left South Adams your last season with him was his junior year
3: it, it was yeah, I coached him his freshman sophomore year okay.
1: And then I just remember it was sort of bittersweet for you to watch him under the lights, although you were very thankful that he made it there and that Coach Humble had the opportunity to coach him. But a little bit different feeling to see that kid that you'd put some time in with to uh, wrestle under the lights without you. But I think uh, the move to Jay County has been a good one for you. You've taken that program to uh, not new levels for them, but a level that they hadn't been uh, at for a while. And uh, a trip to Team State this year I think was something special for you. Uh, as Jay County was in the 2A Team State Tournament this year.
3: And tell us a little bit about uh, your time at Jay County. Um, well, I'll start off with that Team State event. You know, we were very excited to be invited, and um, we obviously would have liked a place higher, but, uh, you know, I, I think I can speak for our entire program, our team, that going in to that event and being a part of it was uh, was awesome. You know, the the atmosphere there, Uh, It's just I I would rather go there and and place 12th and not go there. It's it's just a really neat thing to be a part of.
1: Yeah, and I think for most programs in the state, it's the same way. Uh, It's a big stage. It sets you up, you know, other than – maybe the East Chicago Central, and it's a big gym there too, but most of the kids, unless they wrestle at that Team State tournament, they don't have an experience on a stage at that level of wrestling at the Coliseum or in front of, and I believe there were 3,000 fans there. Um, that may be something that that we were used to in, in when A.J. was head coach at Belmont where there were 3,000 people for a Belmont AC match, but the boys these days, they don't have experience with Crowds of bigger than five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred, and so I think that's important for that mid-season tournament. Um, and I know Eric, you and I have worked on the on the seating committee for the last seven, six, no five. I'm trying to remember now. It's been six years. Uh, the tournament's gone through a lot of changes, but I know it's something that you and I look forward to every year, and it's in the back of our minds the whole season. And as soon as team state's over, we start thinking about what's going to happen next year. And I know we have some changes. I
3: don't know if you want to talk about those. How do you feel about switching to four classes instead of three? Um, I think, I I think that's really interesting. Um, you know, we're towing that line between, um, giving everyone a fair shot and almost getting to the point where we're watering it down. I don't think that we're quite there yet. Um, you know, being at Jay County and being in that, the bottom of that three, a group, uh, I guess I can understand what some of those those three A schools were were seeing. You know, how are we going to have an opportunity to compete against a school that's in the top ten en- enrollment, like Brownsburg or like Carmel, um, and separating them and having the super class uh, with two thousand more enrollment, two thousand or more enrollment? I, I think is a good move. Um, I, you know, looking at it, I think that you always look at it as a coach somewhat selfishly and. Uh, once I looked at it and saw that we, we've got a shot to stay in 2A, I liked it a lot better.
1: <laughs> well, that 4A tournament obviously is going to look very similar to what we've seen in 3A the last few years. We're going to make the assumption that Modern Day and Cathedral are going to continue to wrestle up into that division. But that 3A tournament now, if you look at it for this year, it really just takes the teams who were ranked maybe 11th through 20th in the Indiana mat rankings and puts them into their own tournament. And I think if you have a tournament with teams like Columbus East, uh, Mishawaka Hobart, um, Bloomington South Westfield, Zionsville, all of those schools, uh, you, I think you have a really competitive tournament. And in the end, I think that's, that's kind of what it's all about.
3: Yeah. And uh, another thing to touch on there, there is that being there this year and watching the one, a tournament just kind of out of the corner of my eye, uh, the fans in that 1A group are maybe the best fans there. They're rabid. <laughs> they are, and that's a lot of fun to see, and I think that, that that's um, a part. I, I think that that shows that it's important to have that 1A state tournament and have the class team state tournament. I think it's great for the sport of wrestling.
1: And just from experience in covering different sports the last few years for WZBD and for the paper, you get to some of these other sports. What happens in 6A and 5A football those coaches don't have any idea what happens in 1A and 2A football. And I think we're starting to get to that point in wrestling where some of the coaches at the bigger schools don't really realize what happens in 1A and 2A wrestling and the challenges that go into, you know, they may look at a team like Adam Central. Well, what's the point of Adam Central having a kid who's 2-25 and 25 at 195 and a kid who's 0-15 at heavyweight? Well, that's everything for Coach Curry. He, he's got his whole his whole season's built around filling those weight classes at, at hopes of that, that paying off.
0: And at a big school, you just don't do that. Well, anybody can coach a team if you can select the best kids in, that, in Marion County. The, the hard thing is, what do you do if you live in Jay County, Indiana, and you have to pick you know, from a school of the size they are, and you're going to have to get the best 14 wrestlers in your school I mean you can't go and pick a kid from another school and another school and another school that like like cathedral and, and other schools build up like that. You have to learn to coach with what you got. You just go, go build these big powerhouse teams. You have you have to take what's in your area.
1: And I think that's what you're going to see now uh, even a little bit more as that 4A tournament becomes those teams. And there's, you know, it, 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 Cathedral doesn't break any rules. They they do exactly what their school is built to do. And, you know, they follow all the IHSAA guidelines, but they're just kind of playing a different game right now than a lot of other uh, schools are, especially the public schools in in 1A and 2A. And uh, I think the tournament next year, now that they've changed back to 12 teams in 1A, 12 teams in 2A. uh, Eric, I had a conversation with Pat Culp on Saturday at New Haven. She says next year sure sounds like uh, January 2nd, Memorial Coliseum. They're going to put 20 mats down. Uh, but the question's kind of left unanswered as to what happens the following year because the following year, the corresponding date on the IHSA calendar says January 1st, and I can guarantee you that they're not going to wrestle on January 1st. So uh, they're going to have to find a new date. They're going to have to find a new venue potentially. I know that leadership right now in the Coaches Association is in the south and that they would very much like to move it to somewhere in Indianapolis, but the the standard has been set now at the Coliseum. They're going to have to find a venue that's equal to or greater than the Coliseum, and I'm not sure they're going to find it.
3: Yeah, and, and then I think there's venues out there. They've said that there's venues out there, but nothing um, at the quality of the Coliseum for the cost of the Coliseum. Um, and it is a great venue, and it runs, especially this year, I thought it ran extremely smoothly. You know, I, We were loading up mats at the end of the day, and it was still light out. And I know that the previous year that Coach Curry had told me about uh, getting awards around 11 p.m. after the finals. So I thought it ran really smooth.
1: And I think that's something, too, that the, the coaches' association should be commended for is they've listened to concerns. I know in the very first few years we heard a lot from Trent McCormick when he was president that this is something that we want to put on display and we want the IHSAA to adopt. Well, all of us here in this room know that the IHSA doesn't really care anything about what we think. They they have a whole different set of standards that they're looking at for their tournaments. And I think we've finally gotten to the point where the coaches' association is deciding, okay, what's best for the sport. And if the IHSA wants to adopt it, whatever you know. In the years, maybe Bobby Cox's retirement uh, this year makes some changes. In team sports, whether it's wrestling or track or golf or whatever. But uh, I think the Coaches Association has done a really nice job. Greg Ratliff, the president right now, needs, com- needs commended. So does JD Minch, at hearing some concerns. You know, they rolled out a, pr- a plan, four classes, eight teams per class. And 1A and 2A coaches just went back and said, Hey, I don't think that's going to work. You're not going to be able to get those teams on the cusp. They went back and they went through the qualifications and they said, Hey, I'm not sure if Belmont and Garrett would have both gotten in this year if you would have only had eight. And they listened, and they said, well, if that's the case, then maybe we do need to keep it at 12. What can we do to make that happen? And I think some of it goes to, like you said, the crowd. The 1A and 2A teams are traveling better, and if they keep it at at Fort Wayne – all of those 1A and 2A schools who are qualifying are from the Fort Wayne area, and that's why we went over 3,000 in paid attendance this year.
0: Is it about making the best wrestling tournament, or is it about making some money? you got to make some money on side, and if you don't let those four other teams and those four other fans and those crowds come in, your gate is not going to be where you need to be to cover your losses.
1: Well, and they were also talking about in an eight-team tournament just going with a straight bracket, and if you lose, you're out. Yeah, that's not what the one A and two A teams want. And like you said, you said you'd rather finish twelfth and go zero and four than wrestle in another tournament. But even if you go zero and four, you may have two uncompetitive duels the first two rounds. But then you've got two matches against teams that are pretty equal to you, and those
3: are competitive. And that's really what it's about. Absolutely, and that's where we were at. We had we had two two duels that we we worked hard to stay in. Um, we got. We got thumped a little bit in one of them. And then uh, whenever we dropped down, we had two very competitive matches. Uh, and I, like I said, we, we finished 10th. Uh, we'd love to finish higher, but our kids loved it. They loved that experience. They loved, they loved having the opportunity to be there.
0: The key is, did their families enjoy it? I think they did. I think they had a lot of
3: fun going up there. And, and um, I know I did I did get a couple complaints about paying for parking paying, <laughs> Admission and then paying whatever the food cost was, but that's you know I, I think that's worth it. That's well, part if you of it. live
0: in Jay County, and you go to the to the you know the fair, the steam engine tractor. So you got to pay parking there. You're just parking out in the field. <laughs> exactly. This is asphalt, <laughs> and I got a guy in a booth that takes your money. So you, you're coming to the big city. You got to pay the parking. Right, right. It's not not the tractor engine. Show. It's not Indianapolis. Pay for twenty bucks of that's spot, true. So, so that's true. With that, uh, we've rounded out uh, our second period in a great interview with uh, Coach Myers, and we're going to ask him to stick around as he's going to have some input on the uh, third period and overtime section. So with that, I'm going to send back to Steve Rouse, running board for us. And uh, apparently my little hint has landed us a winner, so we do have a winner for our trivia contest. We'll announce that in the overtime period. But with that, I'm going to send back to the board uh,
4: and let Steve Rouse run some commercials from our fine sponsors played back to studio. Independently owned and operated, Haggard, Sefton, Hershey, and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Forget the busy times
5: and start thinking about leisure times. Adams Woodcrest is about enjoying retirement. With no maintenance waiting at home, you're free to do the things you've dreamed of for years. It's time to start living again. It's easy to call Adams Woodcrest your new home. For visits and tours of Adams Woodcrest Retirement Community, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur, please call 260-728-3989. Woodcrest,
2: member Adams Health Network. Exceptional care close to you. Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. Give them a call today at 273 5068 or at 824 3021. That's 273 5068 or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation.
6: When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best. Paul
0: Baker Drywall. Welcome back to Hagrid, and Hershey's Elk High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. And this week we are once again live for the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill and uh, Food Special once again. Really good this week. Uh, Rex along with Ayn Filling and still our special guest Eric Myers is here for the third period. And uh, we start off with the Jay County Sectional Seeds and uh, talked a little bit with the Belmont coaches and I think the way the season came out it is what it is. I don't. I don't think you could have fought for any more or, or expected less from your, the seeds that they got. I mean, at this point in time, season, there, you got head to heads, you got other stuff, and you maybe what your guys are. Fight, you fight for a couple of weight classes, but for pretty much it was it was drawn itself, right?
3: Right. And uh, Belmont wrestling, us and wrestling Bluffton this year really helped with the seeds. I, I mean, we shot straight through there, and I think we were done in about an hour. And usually, I mean, I've been there when it's been two hours plus so
0: you know the 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 studs at the top the ones and twos everybody knows those you're fighting for four five six seeds is what it really comes down to
3: yeah and and you know with Belmont Belmont a lot of times came in with you know a a 10 and 7 guy or you know a a losing record guy that may have been um, a little bit better than another guy in the bracket with a, a pretty high win percentage and now with with common opponents wrestling Jay County and wrestling Bluffton and seeing Norwell, and then Norwell Norwell and Bluffton both see us at the in Union City at the ECIC. You had a lot of common opponents, uh, so that takes care of a lot of that, and that helps Belmont out with some of their seeds.
6: And
1: Rex, this, by my count, this is the 18th year in a row that we've wrestled the uh, sectional at Jay County High School. And I I still remember Jim Hopkins' headline after the first – it would have been the Tuesday after the first sectional meeting. Farrault must have come back to Decatur and just ranted to him about uh, how ridiculous it was that Belmont went down there and Union (coughs) City had this kid with two losses – and uh, it, Farouk just felt that it wasn't fair. But, uh, you know, after 20 years now, the, we've sort of settled into, we know what we expect from, from Blackford and from Union City.
0: That kid Monroe Central's got two losses. Well, he got pinned by a kid that had a losing record from someplace else. So, you know, come in 30-0 and 0 from Monroe Central, that doesn't bring any weight with it.
1: Yeah, so the, the seating meeting last night, uh, I didn't really see any surprises. thought maybe we might see some changes in weight. Uh, like we said, we did see two. Uh, Nick Wells from Union City, who was at 45 most of the year, uh, went to 52. Gage Shuckman, who was at 70 at the beginning of the year, was down on Tuesday night and got uh, thrown to his back twice and pinned by A.J. Dahl at, uh, or maybe that was Wednesday night, I believe. He was down for 45 for, I think, just that match and, and Saturday, and then now was back up to 52, and that kind of evens out those middleweights but uh, any other surprises last night, Eric, from the seating meeting?
3: Well, I think a lot of people were really curious as to where um, Caden Freet was going to end up. Um, I know that he was he was down towards seventy at one point. He wrestled eighty two and wrestled ninety five, so that's where uh, a lot of people asked me questions about where he was going to be. So
0: you know, he's he's been weighing low seventies all season long. Could have went seventy, probably eighty two easily. 95 might be the best path for him.
3: Mm -hmm. And, you know, last year we had a a kid with the same story, uh, Chandler Chapman. um, He he couldn't get around Mason Winter at 182, so he was weighing about 180, 185, wrestling 195. And
0: it went all right for him. Sometimes those kids are leaner, a little bit quicker, a little bit bit more agile than the bigger guys.
3: Yeah, and, and technique, good technique at those upper weights really pays off.
1: It'll definitely be interesting with Freight, uh at 195. I know I've already had a couple of texts from uh, the rankings guys at Indiana, Matt. Okay, now where does he fall? We've had him at 82 all year. This is kind of where we thought he was. Well, he hasn't really had any common opponents with some of these 95 guys. Uh, it, it will be a little bit of a wild card going forth. at 195, if I look at the brackets here, I'm trying to remember. But just
0: remember, the rankings don't matter this week. This is true. <laughs> now Christian Somerset
1: is going to be the two seed at 195. He's 18-3. and three. Um, he actually would have had uh, criteria over Freight to be the one seed, but Caden Freet beat Blake Hirely two weeks ago and Hirely beat Somerset. Uh, and we may talk a little bit here, Eric, uh, just to remind our listeners: uh, semi-state, or I'm sorry, sectional seeding criteria starts uh, with head-to-head wins and then goes with common opponents. And then before you get down to win percentage, Rex. There's a little bit of asterisk there that says if you made it to the ticket round or further last year, you get to go ahead of everybody who has a winning percentage better than you. And for Caden Freet last year, who was injured and didn't wrestle in the state tournament, he didn't have that. And so that, that head-to-head win with Hirely, who went 82, but that come and then uh, helped him get that, that number one seed.
3: I think that's a great criteria, the, the <clears throat> semi-state ticket round. Um, yeah, that, that can boost a kid up, especially a kid that uh, wrestles a pretty difficult schedule and has a few losses going into, into the sectional, um, help boost him above a kid that may may have a little bit softer schedule.
1: And I've heard the argument made, well, not all the semi-states are the same. Well, it doesn't matter because... This is only criteria for sectional, and the two sectionals go to the same semi-state. Mm-hmm. So it, it does make sense to use that to use that as the measuring stick. And if you look at some of the things that they've done with with team state qualifying, as to point totals and who earns what, if you're a ticket rounder, Rex, that's something that you're kind of at that level. There aren't a whole lot of guys who go ticket round one year and then regional qualifier the next. Yeah. It, you, you you make it's it's the same thing with the state qualifier too. A lot of years you know once you're a state qualifier, You wrestle at that level, and you have that confidence, and you don't see a whole lot of guys not qualify again the next year. I think it's the same way with that ticket round. Is there at least a semi-state qualifier guaranteed the next year? And I think it is a good criteria. So
0: we talked a little bit before we were on the air about projected scoring, and there's a couple of teams that really have some studs but not enough of them. But those guys are going to make noise. They're going to take some other sort of seeds out, and I think it's going to come down. I mean, that's our next section here talking about team scoring for the sectional. Where do you guys think things are going to come in? Because Eric, AJ asked you a little bit. Have you already ran the brackets through, and you kind of have them in your head? But uh, you still got to wrestle them. But there's some some doubt there on some of those weight classes.
3: Yeah, uh, I, I kind of I usually run through and just give uh, placements for all the seeds because I think that if I you know try and try and predict anything or try and assign advancement and pin points and all that stuff, I'll drive myself crazy. Uh, so. I, I did that, and, you know, Belmont was pretty far out there in front, and then you kind of have a mix of uh, us and Norwell and Bluffton and Adam Central all in there that, you know, if, if somebody has a good day and is really on, they can jump up, up there in that second spot. Uh, out of that group of teams, somebody's going to have to have a really, really good day to take out Belmont, which, you know, we've seen a team have have a day like that before, but, I, you know, I think Belmont's – out in front so you,
0: you, if you get a guy that gets an up that that might gain you five six seven eight points it's not huge
3: yeah, right right and it it depends where it's at too you know a, a six over a three you're, you're jumping up quite a bit um especially if you can get that guy to the finals there um but you know if you, if you got a kid that's uh you know i i sometimes take him for granted but mason winter um you know where he pinned his way through the ACAC tournament. He scored a lot of points the other day, um, and that's a, that's a huge help. A, a kid that, you know, one seed that on top of being a one seed and winning is scoring bonus points every round is, is extremely helpful.
0: You know, we talk about the sectional outlook, and then the regional outlook kind of about the same, but uh, we think that uh, Southern Wells may jump up there and give somebody a race for that regional uh, win because they're going to have kids they could very easily win four, four, four regional titles. Yeah and I I was kind
2: of
3: looking through the uh the Delta sectional which is a little bit down but Delta has a lot of top level guys also where they you know if those guys are on and are are potentially winning regional titles uh they could give the they could make a run for that regional crown
0: and also uh, you know semi state we just kind of look up towards that and I think those guys that have been ranked number 1 in their semi state all year are going to come through and they're just going to bring a couple of their friends with them and uh semi-state title is going to be hard to determine because you got some really good teams coming in from north and west and, uh, and western coming in as well. So, I mean, that, that's kind of really a toss-up by the time the semi-state. A little bit too far out ahead of that to look for forward to semi-state. Yeah,
1: you just never know. You, you never know the knee injury. Last year, western had, you know, a great wrestler at 220 in Braden Herb, and he, he ends up having knee surgery and, and doesn't wrestle. He, I think he won sectional and uh, was ranked uh, one or two, and you just don't know. Uh, we've had all kinds of examples of that through the last 20 years through the Jay County sectional, snowmobile accidents, the alarm clock doesn't work, the miss, the scales, all of those things. You know, you just you just
0: don't know. So the clock has wound down, the third period is now coming to an end, and uh, we're going to go away for a round of commercials. We'll be back with our overtime section, where Dane's going to talk about the uh, schedule for this week and some podium picks along with our trivia winner right after this.
7: Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery. Even during the winter months, we are open seven days a week, 9 to 4.30, Monday through Saturday, and 1 to 4.30 on Sundays. Stop in to see our large selection of houseplants and succulents. We have new plants and products arriving weekly, including pottery and much more. Heller Nursery is located four miles west of Decatur, off of 224. Like us on Facebook, or check us out on our website, hellernursery.com, for our tree and perennial listings. Good luck to our area wrestlers.
8: Hey Indiana high school wrestling fans, this is Jason Cree, and I'm excited to announce that the Double Eagle will be hosting this year's High School Wrestling Coaches Show live at 6.05 every Tuesday night throughout the season. The Double Eagle is proud to sponsor local sports, and we invite you to come up and experience a live radio remote. As always, we are open seven days a week to bring you great food, cold drinks, and exciting sports action. Follow us on Facebook for all of the updates and come visit us at the Double Eagle, 1730 Nutman Avenue, Indicator. At Complete Printing
2: Service, you can count on Charlie Broon and the crew to take care of all your print needs. Everything from color copies, custom-made banners and signs, wedding invitations, business cards, magnetic and yard signs, and so much more. Complete Printing is located on South 2nd Street in Decatur. Our name says it all. Complete Printing Service. Call today at 724-3722. Complete Printing is also a Decatur Sculpture Tour sponsor.
6: You don't always need an attorney, but when you do, the man to call is Brad Weber. Brad has extensive experience in most legal matters and will help you make your problems disappear. Keep this number handy, 452-7045. That's 452-7045. You just never know when you'll need the services of an experienced litigator like Brad Weber.
0: Welcome back to the Haggard, and Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. And this week we are, we are live at the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Rex Burlong and Dane Fillings still joined by our special guest, the uh, head coach of the Jay County Patriots, uh, Eric Myers. And uh, speaking of that, if you want to skip to our trivia winner. Right yeah, away. we will.
1: We, our question was uh, <laughs> Mason Winter is a couple of wins away from being Jay County's all-time wins leader. But we wanted to know, for this week at least, who is the uh, current all-time win leader. And that would be Eric Hemmelgarn. And our trivia winner tonight was Kim Shanefelt. And uh, we will have a uh, Indiana Mat Gear for Kim on Saturday. We just need to find out um, what we need to get from uh, Mr.
0: Caprino, but he's got—he is the gear master. Come on, folks! I had to give that big of a clue right when he, Eric was talking about him—the big redhead. You guys forgot about him. He did have a heck of a run yeah. uh, those last two years and was a heck of a lot of fun to watch. And he's one of those kids, you go up and talk to him, and you almost have to pull a conversation out of him. He just, <laughs> he just not a lot to talk to him.
1: Okay, Rex, the WZBD schedule for the rest of the week tonight. We've got Purdue at Rutgers uh, basketball after the show. Uh, Wednesday, tomorrow, we'll have Hits or Sports Weekly with Randy Fudge. I saw Mr. Fudge at the ACAC tournament. He was perched kind of up in the corner, just taking it all in, filling out his bracket. Uh, He had the Belmont wrestlers on last week, and looking forward to his show tomorrow night. And then he'll be followed by the Pacers. Uh, On Friday night, we've got Southern Wells at South Adams Boys Basketball at 7.30. And then Mr. Converse is going to do his best to get his basketball coach's show over with on Saturday morning so that Rex and AJ can bring you all the action from the Jay County sectional live from their uh, perch in the corner up on the stage. We'll see if... uh, Mr. Millspaw sets his uh, scoreboards directly in line where Burn Witness and WZBD want them. He has Uh, been very uh, accommodating. Let's just put it that way. He has. And uh, Jay County does a great job of running that tournament, and uh, it it definitely feels like home. I don't know if I'd trade it again for the AC sectional. I think I would because I enjoyed that that setting so much, but... uh, it definitely feels like it's kind of crazy to think we've been going there for 18 years now. Um, I've only missed one of them, Rex. And that was when my son was born nine years ago <laughs> on that day. That was hard for me to get out of. What but, was you thinking? Uh, but I've done 17 of 18 beyond that. I just pointed it as well. Well, as 16 mentioned. to 17 until Saturday. Um, so we'll have Jay County sectional action. And then we've got the uh, Leo at Belmont game at home at uh, at the TP at 730. And then after that, Purdue plays at Northwestern in a late game. And then Rex on Sunday. uh, We may have to put you on the spot here for podium Uh. pickers. But we've got the Super Bowl on WZBD. It doesn't get any bigger than that. Chiefs and 49ers, all the coverage on WZBD. Then on Monday night, we've got the Pacers again at 7 o'clock. And then next Tuesday, our show will supersede the Matt Painter show, I believe. And we'll put Matt Painter. Uh, on tape delay it says something about uh, your stature at this at the station my
0: stature i don't think so
1: okay last week on podium pickers rex picked belmont over Carroll in the duel he did not pick jay county to win the acac oh, but he did pick belmont i know eric he, he just couldn't believe it he's still on that uh, southern wells uh train i don't know he he uh, has a record now of 19 and 6 after seven weeks and aj's five and two and uh i've got a couple of things written down here for you rex
7: so
0: you may have to get your brackets out here. But first it. off, you've got to pick a team winner at the Jay County sectional. I, I think Eric kind of lended his, his hand to help me on that one. I think Belmont's going to pull the sectional off. Okay. And then at the Delta sectional, who is your champ? Uh, who's, who's coming in there? I don't even know. Well, you've
1: got Delta, Yorktown, Winchester. Cowan. Cowan. Daleville.
0: I'll tell you what, Tony Abbott's been doing some good stuff down there with Cowan. So I don't know. Um, I think maybe Delta comes out of that one.
1: Okay, now I didn't – I wasn't going to put you on the spot for all of the weight classes. So we're going to start at 113. We've got a Belmont guy against a Jay County guy as the
0: top two seeds. That's where I'm putting you on the spot. I've seen a lot of big matches that Carson Everett's won. I haven't seen uh, Eric's wrestler, but uh, Carson Everett's pulled out some big matches with some big wins. I'm going to take Everett.
1: Okay, and then – one hundred and twenty pounds. We have another. Jay Come on, County. let me pick one hundred
0: and six. That's easy. Well, that was the easy
1: one. That's why I didn't let you pick it. <laughs> At one hundred and twenty pounds, we've got Zach Atkins from Jay County, I believe, and uh, Logan Allman from Adam Central. Now, Eric, what are the what is the history between those two?
3: Uh, Atkins has beat Allman twice.
1: I'll
0: take Atkins then. That's easy. that, okay. that, that, helped, that
1: helped me out, Coach. At one hundred and thirty-two pounds, we have three wrestlers, I think, in contention. Calvin Frote was a 1-0 loser against Mr. Hernandez, Hernandez from Bluffton. And uh, Tonner Johnson has moved down to 132 for Norwell. Well, that
0: shakes things up there. Uh, I think Johnson can win that at 32.
1: Okay, and then we move to 145, and that's Curry and Fechter, Dull and Manley. I'll tell you what, Curry looked awfully good against Dull. Um, On Friday night at Bluffton, I think it's between Curry and Fichter when it comes down to it. I don't think
0: anybody's going to beat Fichter. And then at 152
1: pounds, we have Josh Beeks Returned to the lineup for Southern Wells. He was injured at the Connersville Spartan Classic, and he will have uh, either Gage Shuckman or Nick Wells in the finals potentially.
0: I, I think Beeks Beeks wins 52.
1: And uh, if you believe Jed Perry wins 160, will you go for four in a row with Southern Wells with Jacob Duncan? Or are you going to take Paul Ferrot or um, Carter Seafring?
0: Well, I think I'd take Duncan.
1: Okay, so four in a row Rex picks for Southern Wells. De- definitely a possibility with all four having the number one seeds. Three weights left. Uh, do you like Caden Freet or Christian Somerset at 195? I'll take Fried at 95. At 220 pounds, we've got Kale Gray. I'll take Kale Gray. That's what I was thinking.
0: You don't have to give me other names.
1: And at 285 pounds, I think a wide open tournament, uh, you've got Zach Christensen. Here's what I'm going to pick this five. one. He's just going to put his finger down, oh. and he says, oh, he didn't land on anybody. Carter Lewis is 21-6, and six, but he's lost to Zach Christensen. I saw that match on Wednesday. But Lewis beat Ryan Thompson from Bluffton. Thompson really has the most wins in the bracket at 28-7. and seven. But he has the head-to-head losses with the other two. I'm Who take are you going to Carter Lewis. It? Carter Lewis. Carter Lewis. You're a fan of the mustache, I. Yeah, is that I what think it so. is? You know, Coach Gaskell, He he has a heck of a, a facial hair game down there with some of those boys. And every year I come to Jay County, and I just I think about is Eric Myers' beard better or is it Jesse <laughs> Gaskell's?
3: Now we have uh, we have three guys with really nice mullets on our team. So I think that that's a nice trend. They've talked to me about maybe putting one of those together, but I don't think it's going to happen. Well,
1: you'll see it. You'll see it this Saturday. We'll have a uh, maybe we'll do a, 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 a recap on Tuesday of Best Hairstyle
0: that we see the, kid, the, the kid from uh, from Plymouth City won the best mullet. Oh, Carter Wireman, yes, yeah. he, he's got he had it the best He's got, got it, it going on. So we'd like to thank everybody for tuning in this week. Like to thank all of our fine sponsors. Like to thank, thank uh, Steve Rouse running the board for us. We ran a little bit long, so stay tuned. It's uh, Purdue versus Rutgers tonight. I believe so. With that, uh, join us back here at the Double Eagle next Tuesday night at six p.m. And we'll say good night to everybody and good wrestling this next weekend.